As a forward-thinking entrepreneur, it's only natural to think about and somewhat start planning for the future of your business. We always like to plan out where we see ourselves in three, five, and even 10 years from now. If we are thinking of starting a family, a major life event that may occur, or a move, we often start planning ahead so we can find the help that we need to keep our business running smoothly. And maybe some personal to-dos that we can assign to someone else. You're catching my drift here. Now, as dark as this sounds, we also need to plan on if something unfortunate happens to us and we're not here to run our business. This goes beyond the temporary situations of getting sick, a small injury, or a personal emergency. I'm talking about answering the question, what happens to my business if I die? Hopefully, you are a forward-thinking entrepreneur like me, and if you are, it is so crucial to plan on who inherits your business's management, how your clients and current contracts will be handled, who has access to bank accounts and online platforms, and other various ways to protect yourself and your business from such an unimaginable but definitely possible situation. In today's episode, I want to provide you insight legally into this topic that may be uncomfortable but is nonetheless essential for every single business owner to know about and educate themselves on. Because over here at the legal page, I want to empower you both legally and within your business to operate as a smart, forward-thinking, and legal business owner. So without further ado, let's dive in. You're listening to The Legal Page Podcast, where we chat about life and business with a legal twist. I'm Paige, attorney and photographer helping online businesses and creatives tackle their business dreams without breaking out in hives. No more legal mumbo jumbo. This podcast features simple bite-sized advice that'll have you legally legit in no time. Are you ready? Let's get started. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am legally obligated to give my disclaimer. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. All legal information I talk about in this episode is intended for the masses and a large variety of different businesses. Please seek out another attorney in your city and home state if you need specific legal advice related to your unique business. Okay, let's get back to it. Like I mentioned in today's intro, the topic may be a little uncomfortable for some, but it is essential for every single business owner to know about, be educated on the best practices, and create plans. Put plans in place before things fall apart. So to start, let's talk about who will inherit your business and how to go about finding someone to help wrap things up or finalize things in your business if you were to pass away. So creating a will or a trust and designating a personal representative is essential in securing your business and the future for yourself and for your family, especially when your business may be the primary provider for your family. So a will or trust makes all the difference with end-of-life situations, especially when it comes to who inherits your estate and who serves as your business's representative. Drafting a will or trust in advance can help avoid tons of potential conflicts between family members, between who is supposed to take over what in your business, between people contacting various family members if you were to die and 
all of the stress that comes along with it. So proper preparation is key here. Legally, in particular, because it always gets sticky when money and services and businesses are involved. So when a business owner passes away, someone has to be appointed to carry out the end-of-life decisions or winding up of the business in legal terms regarding the business that you created. So this person can either be appointed by you via your will or trust or by a court. And for all intensive purposes and for all of the, you know, trust, wills, and estates, legal information and education that I have on this topic, it is always better to be the one making these decisions before it happens. So it's always better for you to appoint than for the court to appoint because the court could appoint the wrong person that you wouldn't have wanted to make these decisions for you in your business. So the duties of this, you know, person winding up your business or carrying out the end of the life of your business duties um, include finalizing contracts, hiring out additional help um, to close out accounts, of course, um, finalizing bank accounts, paying debts, wrapping up operations, and distributing assets of the business to rightful heirs of your trust and estate. So whoever is chosen as your business's personal representative, um, sometimes this is referred to as an executor of your estate, but you can even have a different business representative if you have an executor of like your trust and estate. This person will have access to any remaining resources of your business and be responsible for ensuring that your business is wrapped up correctly and hopefully for all of the intentions that you would have to wrap it up. When you don't have a will or trust, it gets messy really, really quickly because the court could appoint someone for um, this purpose and then the court appointed representative will work with close living relatives of um, you, like a spouse or children on behalf of your business to figure all of this out and disperse assets and pay debts. And I just want you to have all of these decisions made in advance. You want to ensure that your intentions are crystal clear and that everything runs smoothly if the unimaginable happened and you you want to at least close out everything as best as you can. So make sure that you're appointing who this personal representative is. Um, and it's best to contact a local attorney who can draft up the appropriate paperwork for you regarding the will and, and or trust and creating this personal representative for you. So whether or not you have a will or a trust, a few things will happen to your business depending on your business designation. So if you're a sole proprietorship, upon your death, the state of your business and any associated debts or assets become the responsibility of this personal representative and or the estate, if you don't have one and there's no personal representative yes, yet to handle and distribute. So essentially your business and your personal assets when you're a sole proprietorship are one and the same and they remain one and the same upon your death. So your personal representatives and your heirs have the option to either cease business operations, sell the business, create their own business based on the existing business platform, um, and or just you know completely wind up the business as they see fit. 
For LLCs, it's a bit different because you usually have an operating agreement outlining the succession plan of ownership. This type of thing is essential for when and if a sole business owner passes away, but especially with multi-member businesses. And if you have employees, it's really important that you're an LLC with an operating agreement in this respect. It ensures that everyone, potential co-members, um, people involved in, you know, like payroll, uh, people who, you know, have something to gain from the business in particular, contractors, employees, debt collectors, clearly informed about what will become of the company and its assets once you are deceased, because that's usually a question that people ask. And this is why if you have an attorney draft these things for you, um, the personal representative can communicate via that um, attorney on their behalf. If they are dealing with all of the emotions involved in your passing, all of this is usually outlined in advance and the attorney can relay them to the people who need answers quickly um, because maybe they're not as emotionally attached or personally or you know, family-wise attached to the deceased, um, but they have their own livelihood on the line of now, now what with the business. In the event of a multi-member LLC though, an operating agreement would absolutely explain what will occur to the other individuals' portion of the business, such as enabling beneficiaries to step into their role or allowing existing members to purchase the share of the business from the heirs of the deceased um, and continue operations. So while certain distributions may be made, depending on the case, most scenarios enable one or more persons to keep operating with the same LLC status. Again, this is all in your operating agreement. I know that was like a lot of legal mambo jumbo <laughs> thrown your way. Um, but remember, there there is a big difference between a single member LLC, a multi-member LLC, and then just a sole proprietorship where everything is commingled into um, your entire estate when you die. All right, so now on to kind of the next topic here. You likely have questions about what happens to current clients and contracts. So let's go over that. In many cases, when you die, contracts tend to haunt the living after the death of one or multiple signatories. And in this case, it's probably just one, which is you, the owner of the business. Especially in cases with service-based entrepreneurs, because many of you listening are the you know single owners of your business and the single service providers within your business. Like they hire you as the owner of your business to complete the services. So legally, the default rule is that obligations in a contract will survive the deceased signatory. And this means that your personal representative upon death, either the one that you named in the will or trust or was appointed by the court, has to handle and potentially fully execute and fulfill all existing contracts to the best of their ability. This is like the default rule. There are exceptions, of course, to this default rule, and they vary by state. But if a contract cannot be executed by the personal representative or um, by, you know, like a, a similar professional in that respect that the personal representative could hire, meaning the contract requires you and only you alone to execute it, then a contract can be deemed void by a court. And in many cases, a solace service provider such as you 
Um, if you're the only person who can execute the contract, like a solo photographer, videographer, planner, florist, etc., in that case, the personal representative would notify the client and probably refund all fees paid minus the work that was already provided by this deceased. And so this is where things can get really tricky and debts can occur like crazy if you have spent all of the money when services haven't been fully finalized by you. So again, this is another reason why an emergency fund for your business is really, really important. So just remember all of this with default roles of if you're passing away and how to execute contracts on your behalf. Additionally, when a business owner passes away, it's not uncommon to see the community just gathering around this business and their family. Clients oftentimes do understand the severity of the situation. And usually in most cases, you know, nine times out of 10 will be way more flexible on contract terms, especially when dealing with a personal representatives and there's emotions and family situations involved. So we've seen personally here at the legal page in my tenure of owning this business, I would say at least 20 or so deaths occur in the industry where business owners around them move mountains and volunteer to take on the deceased clients to ensure that all of these, you know, works that are supposed to be performed can still happen, events can still happen. And more likely than not, take heart that your clients will not be left in the dust if the unspeakable occurs to you. But it is always better to be prepared than to hope that the community rallies around your business and that hopefully your personal representative has helped out in some way. Because, I mean, just to give an example here, you know, my spouse sort of knows my business but they they wouldn't have a playbook. They wouldn't know exactly what to do. Um, and particularly if I was back in my photography role in Paige Marie photography, if if my spouse had to take that over, they they really didn't know the nuances and ins and outs of everything and my client relationships and whom I should they should contact as like replacements and step ins and how to fulfill contracts. So. That is why I always say to have a list ready of your trusted colleagues that your personal representative can contact to step in for you. Um, and this is a little bit morbid, but maybe write them up a letter and stick it in your kind of end of life binder or folder or you know how you can help your loved one. Um, tell your attorney, give them the letter. Um, that would be, you know, you to this service provider of like, please help them. This is why I chose you to do this. It would mean the world, yada, yada. Sounds crazy. I've just seen it in action before legally and it works. Okay, so finally, let's talk about how you can help your loved ones with your business. One of the many, many ways you can help them to prepare for the worst is this, you know, having some type of binder or playbook that walks them through just the main things that you would intentionally want to occur if you were to pass away and keep that binder or playbook in a designated spot because there's probably confidential information and passwords in there that your personal representative will need. So this is an important step to ensuring that your loved ones have access to all of the necessary information 
in case an, an emergency or you're in capacity. So, and I've seen this personally in my life with um, like, you know, cousins with aunts and uncles trying to like wrap up, you know, their lives. And especially just as W-2 employees, like how much more complicated it can get if you're running your own business and there's, you know, 50 million more steps that these people would have to take. Um, because usually it has to occur pretty quickly if you've never dealt with this before or you've never had a family member deal with this, like a close, close family member deal with someone's death before. Uh, it, it's it's so fast. Like the things you have to do in the midst of grief is challenging to say the least. So here are a couple steps that you can take. I have four here. So just remember these four. Number one, choose a secure location for that binder or playbook, a designated spot. Make sure it's safe and secure. I think, you know, past tense, it would probably be a location in your house um, or at a bank or with your attorney only known to you and your personal representative, uh, preferably like a safe at your house. But now a lot of this, if you run an online business, can be stored online or a cloud-based system that's, you know, key-coded and only they can access. But of course, they need to be able to access it. So they probably need at least one password of yours. Number two, gather important documents and do this, you know, beforehand. So collect and organize all of those important documents, such as your will or trust, a power of attorney document, a digital directive. We have those on the legalpage.com. Uh, insurance policies and deck pages, financial statements, um, bank information, and always include all relevant information about your business, such as your social security number if you're a sole proprietorship or your EIN, um, employer identification number, um, any type of like CPA contacts, bookkeeper contacts, and also be sure that whomever is in charge of your business upon death has access to your bank accounts. <laughs> that is one of the biggest issues I have seen um, with end-of-life situations is how to close out accounts, how to get access to accounts, to pay off debts, to you know figure things out. And especially with business owners, um, it's really, really important to list beneficiaries in this sense, so that someone has access to these accounts that is either the personal representative or can relay access to the personal representative as your beneficiary. Number three, create a list of passwords. So create a list of all the important passwords to your online accounts, such as social media accounts, bank accounts, email accounts, and all of your various online platforms. I bet you have 15 to 20 of them and they're going to have no idea what these platforms are and how to use them. So make sure that you update this list regularly or at least that you have a contractor or employee at your business that could give this personal representative access to maybe your um, key pass online that would store all of these passwords. And then number four, make copies of everything. All of this, you know, the documents, the list of passwords and these copies will be listed in this binder or playbook, whether that's printed version, tangible version, or intangible online and secured in that location. So number four, once you have organized kind of all of your important documents, I want you to make copies of it and distribute them to your personal representative, your attorney, maybe your bank, they might need some of that information. 
and any other trusted individuals that may need certain copies of things. Again, challenging to talk about and why you're giving them copies, but definitely necessary and just, you know, keep it professional and put on your CEO hat. In addition to organizing all of your confidential informations and passwords, I mentioned digital directive. So I just want to talk about it for one more second. A digital directive is a legal document that outlines how you want your digital assets to be handled after your death or incapacity. So this includes online accounts, digital photos, other digital assets that you may own. And we have a template digital directive that you can use. So it's tailored to all online service providers. And then you can tailor it again to your specific needs because all of our contracts are modifiable and editable. So with this template, you can ensure, of course, that your digital assets are handled handled according to your wishes and that your loved ones have access to the necessary information in case of emergency if they don't have the passwords and access. It This is a document that you can give platforms that essentially will allow this person to recover access. Again, it's in the legal page shop at thelegalpage.com. So you can just head over there and search in the search bar for digital directive. Okay, now I have touched on all of the main points and questions surrounding what happens to your business should you pass away. I want to recap some big takeaways from today's episode because I know this is a lot to take in and I know this is not a situation that people want to think about, but it's really important to prepare for. So please walk away and think about a plan for your business if you were not there to run it. Answer tough questions like who will inherit your business, create a plan for clients and finalizing contracts, start organizing things now in case somebody needs to know what's going on. They're not going to know how to organize it for you. Do the work for them. That is the biggest gift that you can give your personal representative and your family members and friends in case something were to happen to you. So always keep your passwords in a secure place, get bank accounts squared away with beneficiaries, and make sure that people have access to things that they need access to and complete a power of attorney in a digital directive document. I know I understand this is a heavy topic, but remember that a plan and the tips that I've shared are only here to help you be a more proactive and legal business owner. As a business owner myself, I have this exact plan in place. I went through it with an attorney friend of mine who is very well-versed in trust and estates. And I have certain team members of mine and family members who know what to do should I become injured, fall ill, or worse if I die. And all of this planning is going to help them navigate the already tough situation. And so I want you to also have this plan that you designed instead of them or the court trying to somehow figure out what exactly you would have wanted them to do when you're not there to ask what to do. All right, that is all I have today. Before we end the episode here, just be sure that if you have any questions regarding um, you know, what happens to your business, should you become incapacitated or 
um, are deceased. If you have any questions about digital directives, powers of attorney, anything like that, please be sure to join the legal page community on Facebook because that is the place where myself and my legal team can answer your questions in real time. I'm not able to answer them in emails or in DMs just due to... Um, ethics and legal considerations. So please join our group. And I promise you that you asking the question is going to help others because they probably have thought about it before. They just haven't like put it into a post form. And now they can social listen and learn things from our responses to your question. So again, head over to Facebook, type in the legal page community and join our group today. And that way we can continue this conversation if need be. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legal Page Podcast. See, I told you being legally legit isn't so scary. Be sure to visit thelegalpage.com for all show notes. And it would be super awesome if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. Last but not least, don't forget to join my free Facebook group for unlimited legal and biz Q&A. Chat soon, Legal Pagers. Legal Pagers.